I think goals are a useful tool, but like any tool, you have to decide like where is the appropriate place to deploy them and and how are they serving you? I often like to look at a goal rather than saying, oh, this is a mark I must meet or I'm going to feel bad about myself to say, this is a challenge I'm setting out for myself. I am going to try to meet it. But the point of the exercise is what am I learning trying to get there? If you're looking for a one-size-fits-all, easy approach to changing your life, this is not the podcast for you. However, if you're ready to question the lies that have become normalized in your life and our world, then you are in the right place. Listen to conversations that are real, raw, compelling, thoughtful, and quite often fun. I'm Linda Healer, professional certified coach and host of the Normal Lies podcast. As a coach, I help people change their lives simply by questioning the beliefs they thought were true. It's time to let go of stress and anxiety and be excited to get out of bed in the morning. Life doesn't have to be so heavy. It's your turn to uncover the normal lies in your life. Welcome to episode 69 of the Normal Lies podcast. I'm so glad you're here and grateful for your support because this podcast wouldn't be possible without you. Thank you to those who have reached out to share the impact these conversations are having. A special thanks to those who have taken the time to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. If you haven't already, please take a moment to leave a review on Apple, Google, or Spotify. Simply go to my website, normal-lies.com, click on the review tab, and follow the prompts. Each month, I choose one listener's review to read, and who knows, I may choose yours next. You are about to meet Dr. Carla Fowler, who is an MD, PhD, and elite executive coach. For the last decade, Carla has been a secret weapon for scores of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and other senior leaders. Her unique approach combines the latest research from performance science with timeless best practices to help top performers level up and achieve their goals. If you have ever struggled with having a vision for your future or setting goals like me, you are going to love hearing what Dr. Fowler has to say. What is it that you're looking for people to come away with at the end of our conversation today? I love thinking about performance and um, we'll probably talk a lot about that today, but I think sometimes that word, that idea brings to mind all sorts of like potentially less than positive connotations. And I think actually thinking about our own performance and seeing it and owning it is one of the best and most empowering things we can do. And I think one of the things I want people to take away from today is there is a lot about how we can grow and learn and improve what's happening with the results we're producing that actually is not synonymous with, oh, I just got to work harder. I have to do more. I have to add more on top. I got to load it on because I think that's often how we feel about it. And that absolutely makes performance really unapproachable. But in the coaching I do and um, the people I work with, I love turning that perspective around and saying, thinking about performance is a tool that you can use 
And it can be under your purview. It doesn't have to always be a thing where performance is something someone else is assessing about you and giving you feedback on or, you know... (laughs) quarterly reviews, these kinds of things, that it actually can be um, a really wonderful relationship to have with yourself around like, what do I want? And what's most important for that? And how am I doing on that? And do I want to speed up the pace? Do I want to slow the pace down? How do I want to approach it differently? But I think it can actually make us feel like we are influencing our path in a really empowering way. So I think that's the thing I would love for people to take away. Oh, there's so much there. And I want to jump right in. But at first, I want to know, how did you come to be doing what you're doing? So I definitely took a a unique route into coaching. My background is actually as an MD and a PhD. So I came through kind of an academic science pathway. My kind of initial thoughts for career were that I was going to be a transplant surgeon. And that kind of came about through a combination of studying a bunch of immunology for my PhD and really learning about uh, sort of how our immune system both detects foreign invaders like COVID as an example, (laughs) Um, but also how our body sort of eliminates cancers and tolerates the parts of our body that it needs to protect. So I definitely came through that pathway. And looking back, I can definitely see that there are these common threads that really brought me into performance coaching, even though it looks like kind of a a circuitous route. And I think some of those threads were that I, from a pretty young age, really learned to, I wouldn't say love, but I learned to approach challenges from the perspective of saying, this will build my capability. If I'm willing to do this thing that is challenging, I will come out of it feeling more confident. I will come out of it having learned a lot and in some ways, like being tougher. (laughs) Um, And I think that was true both for um, athletics, like some uh, kind of learning how to do really challenging physical things. I grew up backpacking with my family. So, you know, the family vacation was we would go into the wilderness. And as soon as you were old enough to walk, you were out of the pack. And as soon as you could carry anything, you were carrying, you know, a backpack with as much as, you know, you could, which early on is like, whatever, your teddy bear and a snack. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like you were supposed, you would carry your teddy bear and your snack. (laughs) Um, And, uh, but you know, you go out in the wilderness and you don't really have the option of saying, yeah, I'm done hiking today. Like (laughs) if you have not made it to camp yet, it's like, no, you've got a couple more miles to go. But uh, looking back, I had to figure out in my you know, in my kid brain, like, okay, what's going to help you do this? And sometimes that's just, okay, walk to the next tree. Okay. Now walk to the next tree after that. (laughs) Like you can do that much. And then I think I've always loved math and science because I like the idea of figuring out how the world works and whether that was like studying medicine or studying the science behind the medicine so that you could use it. I always wanted to understand how do things work? And one of the topics I had always been fascinated in was really how do people do their best work? How do they do really challenging things and succeed at them, but also like thrive while doing them? Take on a challenge without having it feel too fearful or um, too challenging. And then I think one of the last pieces is really that a unique piece about medicine is that medicine is one of those arenas in which number one, uh, as a as a pretty young person, 
you learn to have really high stakes conversations with people, right? Because that's that's what you're doing with your patients and you're trying to help them make really important decisions. And what I was ultimately studying was surgery. And so those are big decisions, you know, are yeah. you going to let someone cut you open? Yeah. So you learn to both have those really um, high stakes conversations and talk about behavior change and things that were really important to people, but also personal and vulnerable. And then also you had to learn to really like see your decisions and make kind of high stakes decisions at a relatively young age compared to when we get to make those decisions sometimes if we're in a company or something like that. And I think all these these things sort of combined into realizing as I as I got out and sort of began to understand what the practice of medicine would really look like. And I think I had to notice the mismatch and say, you know, there are many things about this that are a good fit for me, but I think the part I'm the most interested in is more of these conversations. It is more the coaching element of medicine, the working with and around high-performing people, but also really saying, um, you know, how do you how do you help them do their best work? And I think that element was more interesting to me. And so ultimately was at a good point to transition and so made the jump. And that was about 10 years ago. And so I opened my coaching practice and that is what I have been doing ever since. Oh my gosh. This just brings me to my journey because I came from the dental world and I never thought about those conversations that I had with patients, those high stakes conversations, because we were, we were talking about their dental health, which also impacts their physical health. I did a lot of educating people about their oral health and their dental health and how it impacts them, explaining why the dentist is recommending a root canal or having a tooth extractor or a crown. And, And I never thought about how that translated into my coaching when I became a coach, Mm -hmm. except the piece that was pointed out to me is that because I was able for 20 years to make people not afraid of coming to the dentist, that I, (laughs) that I must have this, this essence that allows people to be comfortable in my presence. And that helps with my coaching. But I never thought about those tools, those skills that I learned with mm-hmm. with relationships and conversations. Yes. And this is something I like to talk about. I mean, I have a very like and and you do as well, like kind of a big pivot, yeah, relatively mid-career, but you know, to me I never I never regretted it. A lot of people will comment they'll say, "Wow, like so much effort put into something that you aren't doing right now." And I look back and I think, "Oh, those were really good years and I learned a lot and more of it is I would say translatable than not. Sometimes I think um, when people are considering, for example, career transition, or even just trying to think about how to promote their own visibility in the work that they're doing, that there are a lot of capabilities and skills that they don't always recognize that they have. And so maybe there's some obvious things you're like, well, I know how to do this and I know how to do this. But I think it's really interesting to look into people's full range of experience and say, well, it sounds like you had a lot of experience with this based on maybe some volunteering you were doing, or maybe even a past career, but really learning to not look at those things and say, well, that chapter is over, but to say, wow, what are the capabilities I built that are more universal than like, certainly, you know, a lot of the content of dentistry. And I know a lot of the content 
of medicine, kind of that nitty gritty fact based, but all of the skills it took to work with a team, to make someone feel comfortable, to be able to broach a hard topic in a way that's approachable, you know, these kinds of things really important. But I I love it, not just for me or for you, but for maybe people in your audience who are trying to think about like, how do I, how do I think about all the great stuff that I bring to the table, the talents, the experience? Yeah, I think we really need to take a look at how far we've come Mm -hmm. and see, okay, this 10 years ago, this is where I was. Where am I now? Or even a year ago, it's taking stock in who we are today and how much we've grown. I think we don't give ourselves that credit. I think we push ourselves. It's never enough. We're never good enough. We're always chasing that next goal Mm -hmm. rather than going, oh, wow. Yeah. Yes, I do want that goal, but look at where I am today and Mm -hmm. really take stock of that and really be proud of how far we've come. Yes. And I love that you brought that up because this is actually something I definitely talk to people about. And I have a term, I call it performance discounting. And it's a thing many of us will recognize that we may have done, but it's okay to have a goal in the future. And and maybe you are not there yet. But one of the things I think that makes us not like to think about performance is often because we make thinking about performance like an unpleasant experience for Mm -hmm. ourselves. So performance discounting is that thing you do, uh, you being the general you, including myself, where you look at all the stuff you accomplished yesterday or maybe over the past year and you're like, yeah, 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 that, that was fine. That was great, but like I haven't done anything yet today. I haven't, what about next year? And you basically have taken all that effort and the things that maybe at the time or at that exact moment felt really like big accomplishments and were big accomplishments. And you just discount the heck out of them. And you're like, yeah, but that's old news. And you can imagine that this this definitely makes working towards a goal, challenging yourself, not as fun, not feel as good. And so it just ties back to your point about how do we look back and recognize how far we have come. And certainly having a coach is useful for this because as that objective outside observer, one of the best things you can do is say, well, hey, I just want to like remind us of where we were and where you were when you started and some of the things you had said you wanted to accomplish. And those things have been accomplished. And like actually take that moment is really important. Yes, it is. And I love doing that with clients. I think because it's such intensive work when you work Mm -hmm. with a coach. And yeah, I think we need to bring that up and put that right front and center. It's like, okay, two months ago when we started, look at where you were and now look at where you are. And we've still got two months in your contract. Okay. So what do we want to do here? Do we want to shift the sales? Because now you've accomplished some of these things. Some of them you haven't. Is that still what you want to do? And so I think it's that, again, taking stock, but then Yeah, just allowing yourself to be proud of where you are and how far you've come. So I want to talk about goals. Yeah. Because I have a love-hate relationship with goals. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe you can help me. I have basically given up on SMART goals Mm -hmm. because I'm a hyperachiever. So you give me a goal, oh, I will achieve it, but I'm going to kill myself to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be fun. 
And so a while ago, I just said, nope, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a direction. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm a coach, right? You know, I help (laughs) other people reach their goals, but we try and do it in a different way. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. you're talking about too. And that's why I think this is going to be a good conversation. So for me, and I'm speaking personally is I, well, I'll tell you right now, I don't have a clear vision of what I want in the future. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is not that has not been unusual for me through my life. Mm-hmm. I growing up, I knew I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a family. I knew I wanted to find my dream career, which I have done. I've done all of that. And now I don't have a clear goal for the for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And how are I shouldn't say clear goals, clear vision of how I want the rest of my life to go. And I've heard you talk about this too, that uncertainty. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So I have a level of uncertainty that when I stop and think about it, it's kind of scary. But then if I just go, yeah, but it's also exciting because I'm not tied to anything. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just did a lot of talking there. And now what what's coming up for you? Oh, <laughs> this as <is> usual? <laughs> no, there's so much great stuff to comment on and explore in, in what you just said. So a couple of things just to like signpost. Okay, we can talk a little bit about goals and then also a little bit about uncertainty. And your experience with goals, I, I think is not unusual. And goals can be tricky. And and I'll just say that because I think people have different relationships to having a clear goal. And as a coach, but also for yourself, for oneself, you have to you have to sort of understand where and how are they useful to you. So I would say in general, what is important about creating some explicit goals is that they really help us focus. And the reason focus is important is because focus is one of the things that is actually how I believe we get gains in life or in personal development without just saying, I have to add more stuff. And most of us don't have any more time. The idea of loading on more is kind of a non-starter. It discourages us before we have even started. And so my belief and one of the fundamental principles of performance that I work with people on is this idea of brutal focus, because I believe that the gains and results they're going to produce in the future are more likely going to come from simplifying and from making more potent what they choose to do versus saying, I got to work harder and I got to put more stuff on my plate. So goals are helpful because when you start to say, okay, well, how do I want to simplify? What is most important that I want? And then also what's most important for getting there? That's where having a little more of a focused idea really helps. That being said, those are not easy questions to answer. And so I think you sort of, in some ways, also have to learn along the way. And sometimes you have to do some work to kind of clarify what is your goal. Because in theory, many things can sound good or many things can say, well, I should want that. That's the next step for my career. Or this is what a coach in my position should want or what I should do next, like just using you as an example. But that, in fact, is not always the case. Like what you actually would want. And so this is where enter uncertainty. And so I think that's one of the things that can kind of get in the way of having maybe a more refined or a more specific goal. And sometimes we have to run some experiments 
this idea that we can just go from goal to goal to goal and always have 100% surety about what the next goal should be, I think is kind of a fallacy. I don't know that it really ever looks like that in reality. But when we can run some experiments and actually say, how does this make me feel? Is this goal bringing out like better effort from me? Is it keeping me sort of focused and on track more? Has it made it clear what are the small steps I need to do every day consistently to keep moving in the direction that I want? Those things can be really powerful about goals. I think the other piece may be that goals can be different sizes. And so some of the challenge, particularly when you're thinking like vision or much longer term is the future gets kind of hazy. And so the idea of saying, I'm going to have a 10 year plan to X, Y, and Z. Well, Hey, a lot of life happens in that moment. And also within a decade, the amount we change as an individual is a lot. I guess what I should say is I think goals are a useful tool, but like any tool, you have to decide like where is the appropriate place to deploy them and and how are they serving you? I often like to look at a goal rather than saying, oh, this is a mark I must meet or I'm going to feel bad about myself to say, this is a challenge I'm setting out for myself. I am going to try to meet it. But the point of the exercise is what am I learning trying to get there? So for example, sometimes what we learn about ourselves is, oh, Apparently, I didn't care that much about that goal. Like I I thought it sounded good, but I don't because actually it doesn't feel good and I don't want to work on that in the way I would need to work on it. Sometimes what we learn is, oh, I do really want that thing and the approach I'm taking isn't working. And so I now have learned that I need to do something different. I might need to learn some more about what really are the key inputs that help me make progress, or I need to run some other experiments, or maybe I need to talk to some other people who have done this successfully to figure out what I'm missing. And then sometimes we make it part of the way there. And we realize that actually like, no, we know what to do to make progress, but maybe we need to understand what are the timelines that the pace of compounding and seeing results takes a little longer than we thought it would. And so I think there's a lot of things that goals help teach us because they actually do fix something. They are a stated intention, but perhaps the way to think about them is not simply in the binary of, well, did I make it or did I not make it? Yeah, that was a lot of good stuff there. Carla, there's so many other questions and we're at time. So Mm -hmm. are you okay with us making this into a two-parter? I would love that. That would be wonderful. I have so many questions and I think this has been really such a great conversation. I'm so grateful for you for the extra time here. So yeah, let's just, let's keep this conversation going. Next week, Dr. Fowler and I continue our conversation about goals, how our feelings impact our goals, which leads into a conversation about being with the uncertainty and uncomfortableness, if that's even a word, that often shows up as we pursue our goals. You won't want to miss it. Dr. Fowler has graciously gifted you, my listeners, with a free download as a resource on how to think about looking for and choosing a coach and how to avoid common mistakes. Go to the show notes for the special link and don't forget to connect with her on social media. Again, her links are in the show notes. 
If you have a comment, question, or a topic you'd like covered, fill out the contact page on normal-lies.com or click on the microphone icon at the bottom right of the page to leave a voicemail. Did you know that we all have a saboteur that loves to mess with us by judging everything, ourselves, others, and even circumstances? I talked about a couple of other saboteurs of mine, the pleaser and the hyperachiever in episode 58, and their impact on me mentally, emotionally, and physically. If you want to learn more about what's sabotaging you and how to overcome it, grab some time in my schedule. Scroll to the bottom of the homepage on normal-lies.com to find a link to my calendar. Just click the link and schedule some time so we can talk about what's sabotaging you. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be brave, be kind, be kind.